Hello, good morning. Good morning. I'm yelling so you can hear me. There we go. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, friends. He is risen. Oh, I'm so glad that you know what to say when I say that. That is so wonderful. If you miss that, uh, a tradition on Easter Sunday is for one person to say, He is risen, and for someone to respond, He is risen indeed. Yes, you guys are great. Good job. Welcome. We are so glad you are here. My name is Pastor Nicole, I'm the lead pastor here at BFCN, and this is a joyous day. And so we are going to celebrate. I hope that you feel free to worship um, however is comfortable for you this morning. Our kids are going to be celebrating as they should be because he is risen, right kids? And so we are going to celebrate that and we want you to join in on the celebration. This is not a sad, sorrowful day. So let's make sure that our face and our voices reflect the joy that's in our hearts, okay? So Heavenly Father... We are here this morning to praise you, to praise you who raised Jesus from the dead. God, I just pray that as we celebrate resurrection, that you would help us to experience true resurrection within our own hearts. We celebrate and we worship you. You are worthy of all praise and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Dave and Belinda are going to lead us in some Easter hymns first to open the service. So if you could stand and sing with them. She did that for me. Um, As we reflect on this blessed Easter morning, we're just going to take a little journey, a quick little journey, through a medley of hymns. We're going to go from the cross to the grave to the resurrection to what lies ahead. So... Savior, he tore the 
the saints who pray. He arose. Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. Sons of men and angels say, alleluia. Praise your joys and triumphs high, alleluia. Sing ye.
is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives and life and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. Stay seated while we sing this special song. Out of the shadows, bound to the gallows, a dead man walking to love came calling. So rise up, rise up. Six feet under, I thought it was over, and answered a prayer, the voice of a savior, so rise up, rise up, all at once I came alive, this beating heart, these open eyes, the grave let go, the darkness should Still rolling. 
what you say to me. I sing because you gave me a song of revival. I put it on vinyl. So rise up, rise up. Once was blinded, but now I see it. I heard about the power, but now I believe it. So rise up. that I was too far gone for everything I've done wrong yeah I'm the one who dug this grave but you called my name you called my name I thought that I was too far gone after everything I've done wrong yeah I'm the who dug this grave but you called my name you called my name and all at once I came alive this beating heart these open eyes the grave let go the darkness should have known you're still why we celebrate the resurrection this morning. You can stand with us. We're going to sing together. He is the God who rolled the stone away, and he's still rolling stones away. Amen. Jesus was the resurrected, the firstborn of many brethren. He was the first to rise, and that means that is our hope, that we too will rise, and we've experienced life from death, and we will rise again. I'm going to read this to you from Luke chapter 1. It's is from the message translation. It says, Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant. Just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he would do, what he swore to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp so we can worship him without a care in the world, amen, made holy before him as long as we live. 
And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. Present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins. Through the heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break in upon us, shining on those in the darkness, those sitting in the shadows of death. Then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. Amen. Let's celebrate this morning. We have reason to be joyful, amen. Joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, hail thee as the sun above. Joy in my soul, joy in my soul. Joy in my soul.
Amen, amen. See it many times. You guys ready for some good news? I've got good news. One thing remains true 
Jesus is still our good news. And I've got good news for the broken, for the hurting. He came for you. And you're hoping, and you're searching. One thing remains true. Jesus is still our good news. Amen. You can be seated. Listen, whether we stay perfectly on track or not is still good news. Still great news. Amen. It is a joy to see you all here today. Easter is always such a special Sunday, getting to see familiar faces, friends and family and loved ones coming together. Um, It's a great day of celebration and genuinely um, it's good to see you all. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, I'm going to tell you something that's not really breaking news this morning. And that is that we live in a weary, broken world. We're all very aware of this, right? We, some of us are, are very aware of this as you wake up every day and you're aware of your weary, some of us broken, not working as well as they used to, bodies. We're aware of this in our relationships that are oftentimes broken and, and things are left unresolved, and there's conflict, and there's tension. And just turning on the news or turning on notifications on your phone, you see every day you're reminded that we live in a broken, weary world. And even those of us who are here who call ourselves Christians, we might say that we experience this personally because at times we are among the weary, even weary Christians. We can acknowledge this. I think it's important to acknowledge that we experience the weariness. As long as we move to the hope, it's good and helpful to acknowledge that we experience weariness. We too know weariness. We know brokenness. And I just wonder if there's anyone here who, don't answer out loud obviously, but but I just wonder, are you here this morning and do you sense this weariness? this brokenness in your soul? Do you carry the weight of that personally this morning? You see, I think among those who are here today, those who are watching online, I think among us are those who are tired and weary. We wonder if if we have the strength to carry on. We wonder if all these things we gather to sing about each and every week are in fact true. Sometimes we don't always see the truth in our lives. Sometimes we don't always see these things play out in our lives. And so if we're really honest, we wonder, are these things true? Is this really good news for me? Are all of these things we sing about and talk about true? I wonder if there's here today those among us who are weary Christians who feel the overwhelming weight of the turmoil that that seems to be unfolding in the church, in the church, the big C church, right? It seems like we're going through um, some growing pains right now. There's some shifting happening. There's some things that we're not proud of happening in the church, and, and Christians are at odds with one another. That deep polarization that we feel as a society, as a country, we feel that within the church. And so maybe this morning some of you are carrying that into this place. 
I wonder if among us here today are weary Christians who the faith that you're carrying has never actually been your own. You're carrying it on from parents or from grandparents or relatives, and it's not actually your own, and therefore you wonder, does this thing have the legs to to carry through, to make it? Do I have what it takes to make it all the way? And I would even be honest and say that here, present here today, are even those who are weary because of the church. Because the church has hurt you. Because the Christians that you see don't line up with this Jesus that you see in the Gospels. And I want to acknowledge that this morning, that that may be the case for some, and so some are just wrestling. I'm not sure where it is you find yourself this morning. I'm not sure where it is your soul is this morning. What would you say is your spiritual state as you gather here to celebrate this day? Maybe as you come here this morning, you find yourself feeling spiritually healthy, and we celebrate that if that's the case. Maybe some of you are spiritually stuck. You're just stuck and you don't know where to go. Maybe some of you are just spiritually wandering. You're just trying to figure it out. Maybe some of you are spiritually curious. You're just curious, what is all this about and is there anything here for me? Maybe among us are those who are spiritually skeptical. And can I say that your skepticism is welcome here? And, and because I don't know where you are spiritually, I also can't help but wonder, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem that we show up to churches, maybe some of us week after week, we show up to church events and we see each other and, and we think we know each other, but we don't actually know what's going on in here. We don't take the time to say, friend, how are you? How is it with your soul? And so this morning I want to ask you, friend, not just as a pastor, but as one who sees you and loves you and cares for you, how is it with your soul? Is your soul weary? Are you searching? Are you longing for something more? Are you ready for something more? Where might you place your soul this morning? I wonder if there's anyone here who would identify with those who were waiting in between Friday and Sunday. I know that we're here at the the day of the resurrection. Holy Saturday was yesterday. But if we think back to Jesus' death, on that Saturday, that would have been Sabbath. And it wasn't just any Sabbath, but it was Passover. And that means that the temple on that Saturday would have been packed. And I just find that really funny and ironic because Easter Sunday is a day when the churches are packed, even though they're not normally packed, right? Our churches are filled, some of us, and and there's so many people here. Maybe it won't be like that next week or in a few months, but on Easter Sunday, the place is packed, and that's how it would have been the Saturday after Jesus' death. Because of Passover, because of Sabbath, the temple would have been full. And I wonder if you identify with some of those who would have been there on that Saturday, just wondering, like, what is really going on? I like how Tyler Statton puts it. He said, as the priest stood to open the scroll... All the people sat gazing at the torn curtain, wondering what it meant. 
wondering if this might have anything to do with the crucified Jesus who now lay wrapped in a linen shroud. Do you find yourself there, experiencing that tension, wondering what all of this means, and wondering if there's hope for you too? Regardless of where you are this morning, I hope you're open to a resurrection. I hope you're open to a resurrection in your heart. And so God, I invite you to come into this place and into our hearts. And as we open up your word, I pray God that you would help these words to come alive in a new and powerful way. And I pray that you would transform our hearts this morning. We believe you can do it. God, would you speak a word to us this morning? Anoint these words, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we open up our passage in a few moments, we're gonna be in Matthew 28 if you wanna follow along. Of course, it'll be on the screen. But as we open up Matthew's gospel um, of the resurrection story, we see two women that are making their way to the tomb. Two faithful women who are making their way to pay their respects to Jesus' body. And I imagine certainly that as they make their way to the tomb, that the grief that they have been experiencing over the past few days has them feeling weary. They're weary, they're possibly overwhelmed, unsure of what is to come. We left off on Good Friday with these women as as some who were among the few that made it with Jesus all the way to the cross. They followed him all the way to the very end. And they watched as his body was removed from that cross and and buried and the tomb was sealed. And I imagine that along with Jesus' dead and broken body, their hopes and dreams were also buried in that tomb. What What must it have felt like for them to follow Jesus all the way to the cross, to watch Jesus be crucified by their own people, along with the Roman government, but with their own people. How do you recover from that kind of grief and hurt and betrayal? Whatever it is the women were expecting when they came to the tomb that morning, I don't think they were expecting what they actually saw. The story starts off in Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath... At dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I just love that, like a boss. He just sat on the stone. (laughs) His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. You can picture this, right? They shook and became like dead men. I guess they passed out, I don't know, passed out from the fear. I wonder if you can relate this morning and maybe you have seen this scene depicted on television or in a movie and it's try as they might I appreciate the effort it's always super cheesy I have yet to see this scene depicted well it's always like I see what you were going for but it's just too cheesy I can't even get on board with that and I would imagine I'm not trying to poke fun but it's true we depict this I'm not sure that we could ever really depict what this moment was like I'm not sure we can imagine, and I think it's difficult for us to capture the glory and the miraculous that takes place in this moment. And so we can imagine then 
what these women must have felt, the fear of, of what is happening. Now, these next few verses are a little peculiar, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. Picking up with verse 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. But he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. I love that. He's just like, all right, I told you. Now go, go and do what I said. I, I told you, I did my job. I, I find this peculiar though, when you think about this narrative compared to Luke's narrative. I appreciate the differences. That's not a problem for me. But I appreciate how Matthew takes a different approach. You see in Luke's narrative, there's a question that is asked of the women. And it's a powerful question for sure. It's why do you look for the living among the dead? right? It's almost a little bit maybe pointed and it's like, hey, easy now. Like this is where he was. So that's why I'm here. But there's a great sermon there. Why do you look for the living among the dead? But that's not the sermon for today. And instead in Matthew's gospel, it's less of a direct observation or, or a kind of a question that's, that's probing a little bit. And it's more of an invitation, right? There's no like, why are you here? Why are you? It's come and see, He's not here. This tomb is empty. Why don't you come in and see? Come see for yourself that the tomb is empty. Come and see that death could not hold him. Come and see that death did not have the last word and was instead silenced. Come and see what Jesus meant each and every time he told you, I will be crucified, I will die, and I will be buried, but on the third day, I will rise again. Why don't you come and see for yourself? And I assume they do. I assume I would. I'd be walking all up in that tomb and looking for myself to see for myself. Is it true? Could it be? Is he really gone? Now stay with me here. I might be going off into left field and you might have trouble following me, but stay with me because I couldn't escape this this week, okay? Easter sermon, lots of pressure. Got to make it big. Got to make it good. Got to come up with that new angle, right? But no, like it was very elementary for me this week. It was very simple for me this week as it was brought to my attention and it was like a light bulb and it was like, this is what we need to be reminded of that essentially what we have here is an example of what basic discipleship looks like. Stay with me. I know if you're familiar with the church at all, you're, you are familiar with this word discipleship, and you're also probably wondering, what, what does that have to do with a Sunday morning service for Easter Sunday? Discipleship, really? But, but see this with me, this invitation to come and see for yourselves that Jesus is risen is basic discipleship. It's inviting someone to come along with you and see for themselves who this Jesus is and that he is who he says he is. I'm not just going to tell you and expect you to believe it and take my word for it. Come and see for yourself that he is risen. It's an invitation to resurrection. That's what discipleship is, inviting someone's life to be resurrected by Christ. Jesus wants to take what was once dead and lifeless and breathe life into it. That's what we're inviting others to experience. 
We're inviting others to come and see that this resurrected Jesus wants to make all things new. We'll come back to that in just a moment. I appreciate how we go on. As we go on, Matthew describes the details in verse 8. He says, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. This is totally realistic to me. I can, I can absolutely see that as they leave, they are holding two strong feelings and emotions together. There's both fear, because what the heck is happening? What is going on? Where is Jesus? And there's joy. Joy that comes deep from within. Could it be? I'm afraid to believe. I'm afraid to hope. I'm afraid to cling to this last little bit of hope. But could it be? Could this actually be true? And I think this is so relatable for us because we as disciples or followers of Jesus, which is what that means, as followers of Jesus, we carry emotions like this closely together, don't we? We experience the fear and the joy. We experience the anxieties of the unknown sometimes, but we hold on to hope. We know that things don't always make sense. We know that sometimes we are truly and literally walking by faith and not by what we can see. We know that we don't always understand what God is doing. We know that this is a mysterious journey. It's a weird, wacky journey. And yet we walk, hopefully, praying and hoping that it leads to Jesus. So if you picked up on this, I hope you did, The women were invited to come and see. And then, essentially, they were instructed to go and tell. Did you pick up on that? Come and see for yourselves. Now go and tell others what you have seen so that they can have the same hope and joy that you have. Come and see. Go and tell. And guess what? Jesus is going to meet you there as you do. The angel tells them that, come and see, go and tell, and Jesus is going to meet you as you do. And what happens next? Verse 9, suddenly Jesus met them. Won't he do it? Won't he show up? Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, they clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There is such hope and promise in those words, friends. For troubled, grieving disciples who are looking for their Lord, these words are filled with hope. And so as these women do what they are commanded, as they go and tell, they see Jesus. They see a risen in the flesh fully living and breathing Jesus. Jesus meets them as they go along the way, as they journey in light on the life of the resurrection. Jesus makes himself known to them and affirms what the angel was telling them. He promises the women, go and tell the disciples. Go tell them about the hope and the truth, and I promise that they will see me too. They will see me too. It's not just you. What he doesn't say is they're not going to believe you. They're going to question you because you're women, but just tell them anyways, and then later you'll have that in your tool belt for next time, right? Just kidding. I just had to 
You always have to, you got to go there a little bit sometimes. But he comforts them and he encourages them to go and he promises they are going to see me too. They will see that I am here. They will see that I am Lord. They will see that they are seen. They will see resurrection power. They will see that resurrection life is here and now, and they will see that there is hope because their resurrected Lord stands before them. Come and see, go and tell, and they will see. You see what's happening here? As I said at the beginning, I don't know where you are today. Actually, that's not true. I could look at some of you who I walk closely with, who walk closely with me, and I could probably tell you where you are because I know, because you share that with me. But there are many of you, I don't know where you are today. I don't know how it is with your soul. I don't know if you're feeling the weight of a weary world. I don't know if you're feeling hopeless because of a particular situation. I don't know if you're wandering, if you're looking for spiritual fulfillment, if you're just looking and hoping for something more. I don't know. Maybe you're desperate for resurrection. Maybe you are desperate and longing for a full and abundant life, but wherever you are, I invite you to come and see. Come and see that Jesus, hear me, is still resurrecting dead things. Jesus is still making people new. Come and see that Jesus is still doing a new thing in our churches, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. Come and see that Jesus is still resurrecting marriages and families, making them whole and new again. Come and see that Jesus is still fulfilling deep longings and giving hope. Come and see that Jesus is still offering salvation and guess what? A life free from the grips of sin. Come and see that Jesus is still moving in the hearts of every generation, friends, both young and old. Come and see that because Jesus is alive, we are alive too. Come and see. Maybe it's a simple like I said, elementary concept today. But I think it's one that we desperately need. I think it's essential that we remember that when we feel spiritually dead or we're wandering or we're looking for more, that we simply just need to come and see. But what is also crucial to coming and seeing is binding ourselves together with a community who can walk with us. Because friends, you weren't meant to walk this journey alone. And it makes all the difference when you walk with a community. And I know that all we've known for the past three years and counting is online worship. And I know that there are times when that is still a good and helpful thing. But friends, it's time to get back into a community and bind yourself together with a body of Christians who can journey with you, who can remind you that Jesus is alive and that Jesus is still doing something new. Bind yourself together with a community that says Jesus is still alive and still resurrecting dead, dead things. And I know because I've experienced it. I myself have experienced it. I see it and I want you to see it too. 
We need to bind ourselves together with community so that when I'm not feeling it, when I don't have the goosebumps from the worship music, I stand next to others who are praising Jesus with everything they have. And I remember that Jesus is alive and is still making all things new and he can do it for me too. as we close this morning, I don't know, part of me as I was preparing for this week, I felt a little bit like a foolish optimist. I thought, well, there are times where it just feels like I'm just fooling myself or fooling everybody because are we really that hopeful? Can I really stand there and proclaim these words? And I wrestled with that and I was going to take it out if I didn't believe it. But friends, I stand before you today, and I have resolved this in my own soul. I stand here today full of hope. I have a deep sense of hope that Jesus is still doing new things. I have a deep sense of hope that Jesus has not abandoned the church. I have a deep sense of hope that Jesus is ushering in a new generation. He's doing new things, and yes, Listen, he is doing it in unexpected places. He's doing it through unexpected people. And he is doing unexpected things. But friends, Jesus is still making himself known. He's making all things new. And we can come and see for ourselves. And I appreciate how, again, I'll quote Tyler Statton. I like how he just plainly says about discipleship. It's what we've been talking about. The discipleship unavoidably involves waiting, and there are moments of waiting. We await the full and complete experience of Jesus' victory. We are aware of all of the redemptions we are still waiting for, all the redemption our world still awaits. We know this, but friends, we wait with hope. We wait together. And we know that Jesus is still doing a new thing. So I ask you this morning, will you come and see? Will you come and see what Jesus is doing? Will you be open to how Jesus wants to resurrect your heart? Will you look for him and will you faithfully follow him as he invites you to come and see, even if you're coming to unexpected places? And will you faithfully go and tell others, inviting them to come and see this as well? We have some that are going to come and sing a special song this morning. I'm going to invite them to come. And as as they come and prepare to sing, we're all going to prepare to respond. We always have this time at the end that just allows us to respond and it allows Jesus to, to speak to our hearts But as they do, I want to share this Easter blessing with you. It's called See by Jan Richardson. Her words are beautiful. She says, You had not imagined that something so empty could fill you to overflowing. Think about the tomb. You had not imagined that something so empty could fill you to overflowing. And now you carry the knowledge like a treasure or like a child that roots itself beneath your heart. Friends, that's you. You carry this now. 
how the emptiness will bear forth a new world that you cannot fathom, but on whose edge you stand. So let me ask you, friends, why do you linger? You have seen, and so you are already blessed. You have seen, and so now you are the blessing. There is no other word you need. There is simply go and tell. There is simply to begin. Amen. Stand up with us, and you'll see the words to this song on the screen. You can join in and sing with us if you're familiar, or just learn it as we go. Oh, praise the name. Oh. 
face transfixed on Jesus' face. Just praise the Lord while you listen. Time to praise. my microphone on. There we go. Um, I pray this morning that if you felt a stirring in your soul, that you wouldn't keep that to yourself. I pray that you would, in this moment, before you get too far away and too isolated, bind yourself to another person and let them know that you have seen and experienced Jesus in a new way and bind yourself to a community because they need you and you need them. Amen. Well, uh, as we get the lights on and get you ready to go, I do want to let you know we're having a little bit of an impromptu egg hunt after the service this morning. This was an egg hunt that was supposed to happen last weekend, but we had to postpone it, and we waited until today so that you all could be with us. If you are here with kids and you don't have a bag or a basket, let me tell you, we have them in the back. Greg's in the back, and he's got a whole stack of bags ready to go, so get one on your way out. And Don, we're headed right out there, and someone will instruct us. Okay, someone will instruct you. But friends, before you go, let me share with you this benediction. As you have come and seen, may the peace of Christ be with you. And may the life of the resurrected Christ go before you as you go and tell of resurrection life with a weary, broken world. Go in his grace, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.